Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast for the recently deceased. I'm Nate Roberts. I'm Rodney Godek. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. And um, sorry to everyone out there in uh, Twitch land that we had to had to leave you high and dry last week. Um, you know, family emergency, that kind of stuff happens. Um, but we are here. We are back. Episode 23. Hmm. Um, yeah, like a like a stale sour wine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should have had something loaded there. I was like, oh, he's gonna say twenty three in Italian or something or Finnish. Uh, so anyway, what were you alluding? Hey, you weren't you're wearing a very uh, uh, flowery uh, red, bright red um, slashery shirt. Yes. So that's uh, in homage to. Uh, to the films that we watched, or at least with um with our first one. So tonight's episode is um Dario Argento's Black Glasses or Dark Glasses or Occhiali Neri, as the Italians like to say. Uh, and our other film is Hatching. And so I can't recall these were just two films that you came across and thought this would be a fun pairing. I think mainly because hey, born and yeah, yeah, we definitely new. wanted to watch Hatching and Hatching was new, so we were like. So once I just came across Dark Glasses, happened to be an Argento, so maybe, uh, you know, a little little classic. Um, yeah, sh- I think sh- we had mentioned uh, Argento's movie being on the radar a long time ago, but it just kind of like so many other things distracted us and we forgot about it. And so it was a good happenstance. Um, I love foreign films. It, the thing that I really enjoy about whenever we get to watch foreign horror is that for the most part, it's any non-American horror because they don't have the same hangups. They don't have the same awkward need to make a commercially viable film for the American fan or moviegoer, you know, like they're, and it's, it's just a different culture. Nine times out of 10, these are non-American locations. And so it just, it, it's a different experience. I really like getting away from all the same bullshit that we've seen. Uh, I, I, I think yeah, it's more likely to work than not for me. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Also, I feel like in uh, foreign language, it's harder to tell if they're actually like bad at acting. Um, you're, you know, you're just kind of <laughs> like, oh, great, you know, you're because you're like you're like reading along, which is another thing, right. That like, um, you know, immerses me, which is why you know I always talk about immersion, especially you know with horror movies. Um, but if I'm like, if I'm sitting back and I'm just reading, 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 I'm like, I'm totally sucked in. Like you can't distract me <laughs> yeah. from the movie because I've been reading this whole, the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, films in English, I can be distracted cause I d- can listen. So I don't have to watch the screen. Um, yeah. so, so you do get this, this next level of immersion that you don't Yeah. Get you're kind of with, with forced to lock in. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. It's uh, funny, like you can't, when you mentioned you can't tell if they're bad actors. Like one of the other things that you can assist an actor who has to pretend to be blind uh, is let them wear glasses the whole movie. And so I wonder what came first here, uh, the chicken or the egg, uh, which is also kind of funny because hashing. Hey, who knew there'd be all these entendres just ready to be utilized? And so, <laughs> um, uh, in preparation, okay. So you want to start with dark glasses? Get into it. Yeah, yeah, I think we should talk about Dark Glasses first. Um, I'm interested in a, sw- a quick little primer 
Is it primer or is it no. primer? It's, I believe it's primer. And uh, uh, do we have one now that we, IMDb is on? What the fuck, IMDb? We need you. Yeah. <laughs> we well, so, okay, without IMDb, I guess... Sidebar, did you ever see the movie uh, Primer? No. Primer, whatever the fuck it is. It's it's a very indie, uh, sci-fi, time travel uh, movie. Highly recommend. Um, okay, I have the Primer for uh, Ochiali Meri. Oh, the uh, the tagline? I have it. Okay, yeah, go ahead, tar- tagline. And I wanted to kind of get into Shalo type stuff. Diana, a young woman who has lost her sight, finds a guide in a Chinese boy named Chin. Together they will track down a dangerous killer through the darkness of Italy. That's not bad. I don't think that they need to say there's a Chinese boy <laughs> named Chin. Well, and it's like, is that really his name, or are you like a, a shortening the word Chinese? Come on. Right. Well, what I liked about Chin was that he spoke Italian and uh, Chinese, assuming uh, you know, assumedly Mandarin. I couldn't tell the difference. Right, uh, but I can assume it was it was he was speaking Chinese and not some other uh, Asian language. Sure, but uh, yeah, they, they would never be able to tell the difference. Uh, I think that that tagline's fine. I like the reference to the darkness, you know, yeah. because they don't overtly describe. Okay, and again, uh, it's always a disclaimer. Should have mentioned already. Uh, we will be discussing these movies, getting into spoilers. Um, we're not going to segregate that in our conversation. We're just going to fucking run with it, though. You all know if you haven't seen these films. I think uh, uh, Black Glasses, Dark Glasses, Ochiali Neri is uh, worth a watch if you're into Jalo or want to see how it kind of represented here or not. Uh, but sure, but it's probably not as good. We probably want to recommend it as much. Hatching is going to be a strong recommend. So if you want to just know that now and go watch these movies before coming back, then feel free. Um, right. Okay? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 a good way to do it without giving our scores away in the beginning, right? Right. Yeah, like we definitely hatching is worth a watch for sure, and and dark glasses not so much. But if you want, if you're into giallo or Italian horror or just Argento, uh, fanboy, then eat it up. Yeah. So, I haven't seen all of Argento's catalog. Um, no. Embarrassingly so. However, I did after watching this uh, because I wanted to kind of get into more i think i was on shutter and saw that they had um the english dubbed version of uh profundo rosso uh deep red which is like the original pinnacle type giallo that defined the genre and and so i was like okay yeah let's let's get into this and just to see how it's different and it's a funny thing like I don't even know when you look at something like that or Suspiria, which I don't think is a hundred percent giallo. It's just Italian really. And doesn't follow the same rules as other giallo films. Um, I don't understand how, like, I, I don't think that you can consider this, this new one a giallo per se in the same. It's just, it's different. It's like, it's just a basic whodunit thriller Kind yeah. of slasher, not really. It was tough to define uh, this movie for me. It was, I would, I would definitely call it like a mystery thriller. Um, yeah. Def, not really a slasher, like. Right, it's it's not. Yeah, if we're gonna pull out the complaints right away, like the body count was just not high enough. 
Yeah, that's what I think was so frustrating because, you know, traditionally with Argento or with slashers or with giallos and Italian horrors that are like this, the mystery whodunit thriller aspect is there. There's cops that are trying to track down the killer. Like, that's a thing, the black glove killer. But it was so sparse in this film. You, are, I think there's only the one fucking murder victim at the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. He kills one and then, prostitute. Then he and then there's the car accident. And yep. then that's kind of it. Yeah, until then, the end. Yeah, and then it's and then he's tracking her the whole movie, and and they're calling him a serial killer, uh, who only kills prostitutes. Like he he only killed one fucking prostitute. Like what yeah. are you talking about? Show me show uh, me like yeah, all the like, other fucking prostitutes that he's killing, and yeah. that would be great. But they about, don't do any of that. Yeah, how about he kill a bunch more prostitutes and then run into her on the street somewhere and be like, oh shit, this bitch is still alive, and then get obsessed <laughs> with her, like. Like, yeah, you know, he's just like he waited ten years to start stalking her again. I don't know. That doesn't make sense, um, or whatever. However much time passed, I don't know. <laughs> oh, what do you say? Ten years? Okay, yeah, I was like, what? did I miss something in the fucking movie? What did they just say? He's like, no, no, it was like it's, it's a couple months or something. I guess or I don't whatever. know. Yeah. Like but, I said, I don't. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Stuff. I'm gonna be making a lot of this up. <laughs> that's what's not there. Um. Oh, and by the way, like I'm like right on top of my fucking mic. I sound fine and everything. I'm not oh, yeah. screaming at you. Yeah, okay, you're good, great. You're good. So I, I, the thing. I turned your uh, decibels down, so you're not. Peaking. Okay, good. Yeah. I apologize if if I'm peeking to anyone else. So the um, that's what's so bizarre about it. It's like it didn't um, it didn't draw you in enough with like uh, it tease you, which is what they kind of are meant to do typically in a lot of his films or whatever there's things that happen throughout the whole course of it that kind of keep wetting your appetite for the final conflict and excitement of the conclusion of the story and the mystery and who's doing it and how is the, the heroine or hero going to survive and, and overcome this obstacle. None of that tension existed because it kind of was like, like it kind of became once she lost the ability of sight, it just kind of became like, let's now it's a drama and we're watching a woman coping with blindness yeah. after being an um, an escort all over her adult life. Yeah. What the fuck? And she's like, she's definitely 40, and she calls like... Whoa, 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 wait, wait, what do you mean by that? What, are you saying that because you're saying like she's old, she's past her prime? Yeah, and she's, so... not, she's not like a she's not like a prime escort. She's like... Yeah, she's still a bit of a smoke show. Yeah, yeah for... for for eighty-one year old, for eighty-one year old Dario Argento, yeah, 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 or like you know, fifty and sixty-year-old fat rich guys, like well, well, yeah, consider eighty-one Argento, uh, our age now, this actress would be born today, yeah, <laughs> when we're ready to use her in our film in forty years from now, it's sick as fuck, yeah. so, but yeah, so, you're right, because uh, like what she, um, she runs out of money. And she's she's uh-huh. trying to take care of Chin, and um, so she has to call her one client, right? The one good client, yeah, yeah. Who who's like this? I guess he was kind of polite to her, which I thought was nice. Yeah, he seemed like a decent guy. He's just a businessman that wants yeah. to pay for sex, and he likes her as a finny for her. Yeah, I'm sure he does this all the time with other escorts or whatever, but. Um, they have a relationship or rapport, yeah. and it's just like uh, they know what to do. They're she's used like, to it. She's like, "You don't mind that I'm blind?" He's like, "He's like, oh, I like it better that you can't see me." <laughs> yeah, you can't see how gross I am. Gross I am. I don't. Yeah, I, don't yeah. I don't have to feel uncomfortable about yeah. bending over doing weird shit 
about, when I'm trying to get into a position with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm a 300-pound gross dude. I don't think he would. Yeah, it was, but, was look, at any rate, I do think that uh, that that's kind of a, that idea, that taboo nature of this uh, this beautiful woman who now can't see and is sexually having to engage with other uh, these men. And, like, you know, take away any of the, the stigma or whatever with um, prostitution and everything like that. I'm not interested in a conversation about the rights and wrongs of that. Well, I'm definitely pro sex work. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. But in but or I guess I don't want this film I'm not gonna look at this film and be like, Oh, the objectification of women this is inappropriate. Like fuck off. I don't I don't care. This is a fucking movie and just have fun. That she's playing a oh. goddamn prostitute that lost her fucking sight. So you're gonna see her have sex as a blind woman. Oh, Too yeah. fucking bad deal with it anyway yeah. uh well, she's also very like confident in it and she's yeah she doesn't she, give a fuck she's not still like it's once again it's a foreign film they have a completely different uh, yeah uh, well, also the dude of... <laughs> the guy rolls up that is uh called to to try to proposition her and she's like you smell like shit yeah, it's like take a shower before you fuck me get the, get out of here and then she's waiting like where is this fucking guy and then he's like yeah see you bitch yeah. <laughs> like okay. So, um anyways, long uh <laughs> long road to get to all I was saying is there is some allure to the idea of her being blind and the sexual engagement with her and like what you can do or how you like it's very voyeuristic. Like I like that tension of that idea and it happens in the one scene with the guy, but it's kind of just like not really there. I think Chin might be trying to see her at some point when she's like, or like looking at her a certain way. I can't recall if she was having to do something or not, but it's, it's fleeting. If at all, I feel like he becomes aware of what she might be doing or something like that. Right. Yeah. He kind of gets it and they kind of share a wink, you know, and he, but he like, doesn't judge her either. But once again, he's like a child. So like how, you know, what, right. could, what could he say or think about? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, right. Plus, Chin knows the, there's a woman in his village that he came from. I say village. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> uh, wherever he came from. I, just, I don't know if he came from a village. He could have come from a fucking city. I just said it because the Chinese thing. I apologize. There's, there's implicit bias there. Uh, unintended consequences of... Uh, so, what I was getting at is he talks about what seems like a sex worker from where he comes from. Yeah. And right, it's right. his cousin, I think, or something like that. He, how she has to keep a gun and he knows all about it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But so it's weird. Like it, we're getting into it. Like the majority of the film is just occupied. The second act is like the longest act ever. And it's just like oh. her adapting to being blind. Uh, well, and like, uh, you know, and trying, de- trying to get this, Chin. Developing this friendship with this child who... Going he, through the... Yeah. He's kind of a jerk because he's a kid and, you know, and he's, like, bounced around from home to and, home. Well, his parents just got fucking murdered by her. By, well... Mar- not murdered. Uh, manslaughtered. Manslaughtered uh, by, her, by her car. Right, which wasn't <laughs> her fault. Um... I mean that accident had all of the landmarks or of uh, of what would be occurring in an accident. There was a woman involved. There were Asian people involved. It hits all the boxes as far as. <laughs> yeah, but it was the white it was the white guy's fault. So. 
I mean, if any, if there were ever a time where you could get away with jokes like that, I think it's now because all the all the heat is on Ricky Gervais's new special. So that oh, and yeah. the transphobic type attacks are going on. So you can get away with a a, a an Asian and woman driving joke <laughs> in my in my world. So okay, so let's back up how this all starts. Uh, this movie opens with a fucking uh, a cool little montage of her driving, and then uh, there's an she's looking around. She sees people looking up in the sky. And uh, there's a solar eclipse, and so she goes out to the field, and she puts on her sunglasses, and she watches. It has nothing to do with the fucking movie. This does. <laughs> well, that that damages her her eyes because she didn't. No. Put on... Yes, that damages her eyes because she didn't put on the actual glasses you're supposed to watch the solar eclipse with. She put on her regular sunglasses. It damages so that, them a little bit. It damages them to the point where when she has the car accident, she loses her sight completely because it, like, knocked around the other, you know. It, like, it like went full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was, like, it was like that was the start of her injury. Did they then, say that explicitly? No, 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 but it, it's implied because why would she go blind from the accident? <laughs> It's I'm trying like to her, think it's back. It's not like, like her eyes got popped out of her head. Like, I mean, it, it was a I don't neuro, know. It was a neurological thing from from. So the they were already done. kind of. Uh, yeah, they were already kind of damaged. All uh, right. Yeah. That so that mm. that was, but but That's once a, again, I thought that was fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little bit dumb. Well, there's a couple of devices that are like plot devices that are are silly in this. Um, I think by the end of the movie where they're in the fuck they're trying to escape the guy and uh they're in the the water the swamp and it was kind of funny it was like uh you know how there's like deus ex machina where uh god from machine occurs like do not do that uh adaptation is a great uh you've seen adaptation right the nick cage yes 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 no no you never saw it fuck okay um Donnie Darko, you've seen. Yes. So, like, you know, near uh, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't seen Donnie Darko, um, don't listen to this next one minute. Uh, so near the end, whenever he is uh, struggling on the road, uh, with the guy's fighting him and beating him up for whatever conflict, he says, uh, Deus Ex Machina. Like, and the guy's like, what the fuck did you just say? And the red car comes by and has the accident, hits him or hits whoever. And so Deus Ex Machina is like God from Machine. And it's a plot device. It's like, don't put that in your fucking movie because it's just, it's not fair. You didn't earn it. Things right, happen right, because right. of this dumb event that you wrote. It wasn't a real event. You, it's God's actions through a machine directing the narrative. So to me, uh, the snakes in the swamp at the end of the movie, like there's no need for there to be a, a goddamn brood of snakes or a snake orgy going on. Uh, at the in the swamp that they walk into and it causes her to scream yeah. because they're like and she's like I think she's half naked at this yeah. point and they're like Did you notice and I was that, like, it, that it was they were all different too it was like yeah, not, it was just a it, bunch of different it was, snakes were, it was not like it wasn't like a family of snakes it was like every <laughs> snake they could imagine they're like put all the snakes yeah. in there like, it's like <laughs> we've seen Indiana Jones movies snakes it had to be snakes and there's like yeah. all the different kind all of snakes. snakes and now Harrison Ford hates snakes. Uh, but it's like also violating because it's like it's a snake. It's it's 
it's a phallic symbol. They're all around her legs and everything. And it's like what's getting her caught now by the perpetrator. I thought it was like kind of had like neat ideas or subtext that you could read into it. But it was also just a dumb fucking way to have him find out where they were after they kind of had already gotten away in the woods. You know, it's not a traditional slasher. It's not Jason Voorhees showing up behind a tree. You know, it's it's you're screaming after snakes. Many moments of eye rolling in this movie um and that was yeah. definitely definitely one of them right like, so oh, anyway so she, <laughs> i know and that's what a lot of it was uh and then it was just like sit back and watch a, a lifetime movie of a woman dealing with blindness uh yeah, oh, so, so the the so i can't remember how it actually occurs but more or less so the eclipse happens and then like the the only other kill that happens to start off this whole serial killer idea um a escort is leaving the hotel there's bellhops that have all their pomp and circumstance of wearing their fucking garb and looking like you know the monkeys from the wizard of oz and and she goes out this escort leaves and she goes out and she gets a pretty cool death but she's more or less strangled with like razor wire no no she gets strangled by yeah. uh, uh, the bass string of a cello, and they call this uh. serial killer the cellist, the serial killer <laughs> who kills one person, <laughs> and then the main character He's gets a, the cellist. We must Can you imagine? This, this He's like, like, this is all I fucking got. Like, uh, I don't like have my, I don't have my normal knife. There's like a detective and he's just like smoking cigars and he's just he's got the board of just pictures and it's just one woman and like some <laughs> some wire next to it. He's just kind of just like it's That's driving him mad. It's like, he, it's the, I got divorced over this case. I'm so, I'm so upset. <laughs> my wife left me. My dog yeah. left me. I must find this cellist. That's great. He kills, he, <laughs> and then, oh, so then he kills two cops, right? The two cops that are that are uh, investigating her. They think she'll lead them to the killer. So he kills. Yeah, the which two is cops. a traditional thing, you know, yep. like for them to do in these movies. Like the cops are involved; they're going to ask questions, and you know, they're dumb, bumbling cops almost always. And like, oh, they must have painted the van because it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so, shit. Yeah, I don't remember all the cop thing. Was that is that pretty early on? When is that what happens when uh, the chase occurs? That's when the like, chase occurs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, where, so he gets the cops, and then like the chase happens, and so more or less, he's after her yeah. in this chase, and she just because she's running to her car because she sees the van, she knows the van because of the prostitute murder or whatever, and so she's on on edge. She's being followed, or I think she left a guy in the room didn't want to didn't want to sleep with him or for whatever reason she left her the guy that she was going to be oh right (laughs) this was an unnecessary thing she was out gonna do a job and the john said something about uh f and f and she's like i don't do fisting you're fucking gross and sick you're not doing that to me and he was really pushing and pushing and pushing do you remember that yeah 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 yeah. So she storms out of the hotel. Yep. Right, and that's what causes the the chase, the, yeah. the chase from the guy. And I can't remember how the accident happens. More or less, he rams her in his little yeah. van, and it pushes her, it pushes car, her car into the traffic. 
which is where the Chinese couple is driving. Right. And this was an awesome accident, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so so we talked, uh, or we we mentioned, you know, we're gonna start complaining right away. But let's talk about some of the good stuff. The practical effects on all the deaths were super solid. Yeah, like, yeah. I, they I were very just, re- yeah. only a couple, but they were done nicely. Yeah, very gory, lots of blood, like all practical, pretty pretty solid. Um, you know, which you can expect from a movie like this, and and they they definitely delivered in that department. Unfortunately, yeah, they're not well, gonna pop to CG or any of that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think the movie could afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who knows? I mean, his name and everything. So, uh, but yeah, this effect was cool. The car, they more or less, she is going to T-bone this car, but instead of just T-boning and pushing the car, she fucking somehow ramps she off she the ramps car. Up and, like, the and her tires, car, yeah. yeah, her tires are like, doom, doom, and then, like, and you see it, and it's the just head. like, just was... mushing them, and <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Yeah, it was, just, like, it was good. Peeling out, yeah. So it was cool. Uh, and anyways, and so poor Chin is in the back seat. And yeah, that's how she ends up meeting the other, the, the, the supporting actor, boy actor Chin. Um, she that's... goes blind at the accident, and she has to get uh, Dario Argento's daughter, Asia Argento. She plays a specialist in the field of assisting a, rehabilitating a blind... Uh, right. uh, uh, Rita is her name yeah rita and so the the rest of the movie until the very end culmination is just rita working with diana and diana getting a dog a seeing eye dog and diana wanting to sort of help chin but he rejects her at first but then he comes and finds her and now she's hiding him from the people that are trying to put him in a good home because she shouldn't be having him because she killed his parents. Like, but she's like, no, he's like, he just needs help. No, he wants that. He <laughs> wants me to be his new mom. I want to be his new mom. Let's go on the run. They go on a run yeah. to like some old hotel, but he, uh, but the killer has also tracked them there, and that's where he kills the cops. I think the cops get there too. The two, the two detectives that are not, yeah. not real. They're not real detectives. They're the child's protective services. Detective. Well, they they go to Rita's house, the the person that helped her rehabilitate. They go to Rita, Asia Argento's character's right. house eventually, and so I think that yeah. Well, that's where. Well, they yeah, go. they they are but in an old that, hotel, there was right? That one yeah. that was like that hotel room. The hideout. Like, and no, yeah, it was yeah. uh yeah, that's where Chin lived. Yeah, and I that think that's his place. Yeah, I think that's and, where the child protective services figures out. Hey, we're gonna go here, and the right. But the, but she's also being stalked by the cellist. So that's where the shells kills those two. So now she's free and clear to raise Chin, because they're right. dead. Yeah, <laughs> thanks they find to the their way. <laughs> they find their way. You did her a favor. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't clear. There wasn't enough. Uh, there was almost no POV. It was very minimal POV, which is like you know you always want to see them because they weren't ever stalking a victim. You never saw another yeah. fucking victim. Just the original prostitute. That they kill at the beginning, he doesn't follow anyone. You don't see him like right you don't now. see the POV, which is like what you need to drive the suspense of this movie. You yeah. need to see how vulnerable the characters are. It helps drive the suspense yeah. in this style of film, and it doesn't do it. Uh, so yeah, then there's just a bullshit thing where they get back to Rita's, uh, and Rita goes 
leaves for whatever reason. Uh, to ch- I can't remember why, but right. And then and then when she drives by this van, this van she goes, sees him. She sees him and she knows that it's him. And he sees her and he goes, "That's the chick that is hanging out with Diana." He turns his van around. I'm gonna go kill that bitch. What? Yeah. <laughs> I believe what? Well, he had to. Yeah, I was. I that. did that not. I did not buy that. I was like, "How did they?" It's at night. They got their headlights on. What is the Yo, yeah, yeah, no, there's no shit. there's no way. Yeah, you're, you're not going to see anyone in the car. You're right. That oh. part. Oh. You're not going to see anyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if it was daylight, you would recognize the person in there. Yeah, yeah. come on. It. But yeah, it's too dark for any of that to happen. You're right. Yeah, and then, and then they're not. So then uh, I think he does kill Rita or Rita. Rita yeah, he, he tracks. He doesn't think, kill her, but she's like she's like running through the woods now on her on her own, running away from him. So he. I think he he gets the accident, and then I think he stalks her right down there, and then oh, kills he, her in. Yeah, he or might. So slits then, her throat or does something. Yeah. Yeah. Then he goes to her house, and they're not safe there. But somehow she finds out. Does does really like text her, or something before? Yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. Or well, obviously can't text her. Uh, so she like leaves a voicemail, I believe. Just something, uh, yeah. And then so she, she get yeah, the fuck out. Just, yeah, get out of there. So they get out of there, and then this is like the climax, right? The big chase. Right, and it's just a weird meandering through Italian countryside where yeah. you like, how the fuck did they get to here? Like somehow a weird they they barn. <laughs> the I the geography of what's occurring, I don't understand. But somehow yeah. Chin and her come to the field that Rita got murdered in, so they see that. Yeah, and, and the also, guy has found them still. He's also, on their trail. Somehow, all of this stuff is really close to like a big city with hotels and prostitutes. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, they could have driven outside the city. I get it, but like, yeah, you, know, you could show that to us, or you could tell us yeah. about the geography. It's, throughout it's the implied, movie. like like the blindness. It's like, implied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's implied. I don't know. I haven't been to Italy. Uh, <laughs> I am un- uncultured, and so oh, it's true. It's I would imagine. Right. I'd imagine you know they're there's a lot of countryside right outside the town because, you know, is it Italy? Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen, yeah. All so, right, so uh, let's get to that. Let's get to that big finish. Uh, yeah, they, they're they they're just, it's just a cat and mouse thing like it always is in a, in a movie like this where the yeah. killer is hunting them down. They are avoiding them a few times, but then ultimately they come to like a machine shop. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and because, like, the guy, she smells the dogs, and she associates the smell of dogs to the killer, who was the guy that she refused to have sex with earlier in the movie. so stinky. And that's why he's got an axe to grind with her, because Because she was rude to him. And you're like, when when they reveal the killer, and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? First of all, the inciting incident happens after he killed a prostitute. Yeah, it did. <laughs> anyway, and he was likely going to kill her anyways because she was a prostitute. But then I guess it was the fact that she refused him because he stunk that 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 he it was really so got to focus. Yeah. Wait, if he's if he's killing these prostitutes by stalking them, why is he hiring them for sex? Why isn't he hiring them for sex and killing them after the sex? Why is he well, stalking them in the in the fucking you know? Yeah. Or it, or. Or why not, like, clean yourself up 
tell them to be somewhere for sex and then just kill them there? Yeah, like, like yeah, this it makes we don't we don't know anything. Like that's that's, that's what just this, a, this movie is just a bunch of things that that they thought were cool or could make a story in a row. We don't get yeah. we don't get anyone's motivations. We don't get anyone's backstories. No. We don't understand anything about anything except for I mean I think Chin gets probably the most character development in the movie. Uh, I guess, but <laughs> yeah. I mean I don't know how fair that is to Diana. I mean you know she did <laughs> lose her sight and then learn how to do stuff. But yeah, you're right. There's yeah, there's just not a lot going on, and it is just from from point A to point B to C, and uh, and again, it's just not the excitement that you would expect to have in a in a movie or through Argento. Like you know, Argento has is polarizing with certain things where they're just like you know, they're very uh, just uh, obscure weirdness can happen. They're awesome yeah. to look at usually, um, but and the soundtrack wasn't really anything special. Cinematography, it looked nice, you know, yeah, but yeah. There, there wasn't a lot of good, neat things going on to really get interested in. Right. So let's. So we go back to where I said I like watching uh, foreign horror because I get sucked in by reading the dialogue. Yeah. I was not sucked in to this movie. <laughs> like I was, I was hatching. I did not turn my face away from the screen. Yeah. Uh, dark glasses. I checked my phone. And yeah, I checked my phone with during a movie with subtitles, and that is if you don't have me, like. Sure, I mean I still enjoyed it. I I wasn't that distracted. I think that I was still excited to see what Argento was doing and to see how things have changed or how he's changed, and it was just just left me a little bit disappointed or wanting. Uh, it didn't have any of the any of the excitement that his prior films had even if they're a little bit uneven or or bizarre there's still scenes or moments where it's like oh shit and plus whenever you think about the impact that they had in the 70s in the era of filmmaking with slashers and horror to help it propel to where it is today it were necessary awkward steps toward what we get to celebrate today and so so they're great. They're still revered, and and this just looked like it was completely devoid of um right. of any of that. That's what I'm saying. It's like give me something weird. Give me a yeah. give me a bloodbath. Give me give me something. And, I mean, and I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get any of it. You know, like wouldn't it be cool if someone looked at the looked at the sun and went blind? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> that wouldn't be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's base a movie on that idea. I yeah, they should. There should have been more prostitutes, and you should have seen something weird or interesting. Like maybe she has a prostitute friend collective, yeah. and they all talk, and they're all right. freaked out, like they don't want to take new jobs there, because of this agency. guy's out there. There's an agency that she works for. Boom! Yeah. You just added five or six prostitutes, and and a right. boss lady. Like right. right. Who's going to help? Be... Who's going to help Diana now that she's blind before she gets dumped on Rita? Sure, like, or there's going to be muscle, and then you're going to see them try to yeah, save them. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah there's... And, and they get dispatched, and they can yeah. put up a fight, but this guy really wants to kill prostitutes, so he's got to take them out first. All kinds of cool shit could have happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, because made... really, what's the, point of, what's the point of the story? Okay, she goes blind, and now others have to help her. Like, is this a moral-type story? Am I supposed to understand you need to have others? Or, like, even a prostitute is a human being in the end, and... Uh, 
<laughs> like what, what's what's the message here, Dario? Um, right. So right. right. So you know, the conclusion is more or less the what we've been waiting for. The final uh, conflict is resolved in this uh, machine shop of sorts, and I can't even recall how things uh, complete. Do you remember? No, not at all. He dies. Oh shit! Yeah, she there's got to be him. something interesting with she how he dies. Somehow. Though. <laughs> Fuck! I wish I remembered. It's shitty that I don't remember. And the movie's it's over. Been, it's been and the reveal weeks. that it was the stinky dog guy was like, oh, "Are you kidding me?" Like, like, okay, we're on episode twenty-three, right? Anybody, yeah. who, watch, anybody who watches um, <laughs> knows that I like to focus on the writing more than on like cinematography and stuff like that. Like, I love special effects and I love direct, like direction. Um, and stuff like that, but I always focus on the writing first, and I mean, come on, I, I can't give this movie, I don't know, any, anything. I, I, I can give it the practical effects for, mm-hmm. the, for the few on-screen deaths. Um, that's, all, that's all I can give it points for. Yeah. Yeah, well, so it's style, it had some, it looked nice, and... It was it did, fine. It, it, it looked okay. It looked okay. I think it would have looked better to me, or would have looked nice, um, as you put it, if the soundtrack was a little better. Yeah, because like, it was a bit flat. Like it didn't it, have it, anything it, yeah. going on. It, like, like I, I know what you're talking about. There was some good, like, like pop style, like camera, yeah. camera angles, and you're like, you're like, man, this would be great with a six seventy soundtrack that it doesn't exist. <laughs> And they're right. you know, and they're just like doing you know ominous strings like through the whole movie, and I don't know, I just wasn't buying it. Right. So where did you land as far as a final rating for Dario Argento's Dark Glasses? Uh, Dark Glasses gets a dose out of Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I will note. I don't think that that was Italian. Uh, I, they're really similar languages. <laughs> right. Okay. Not that it matters. I'm just saying to use a different language and then for uh, it to intentionally not be Italian is disrespectful. Uh, I gave it a. Uh, I gave it a three. A three. Out of ten. Three out of ten. Okay. It's just, right. you know, there's We're redeeming close. qualities. It's not complete trash. It has a couple neat things. You get to see the Diana's kind of hot and you get to see her in lingerie a few times and it's kind of neat and to think of that or being blind and still having to do sex acts and you know you can get your rocks yeah, off on that if you want it's still fine i think you get to see some tits in it too so you can't yeah, yeah. it's there do it all right and again uh, <laughs> i gave it a do out of the etching there you go <laughs> thank you Ciao, Bella. translate <laughs> yeah i mean it's cool. So, oh, so Deep Red, um, I had never seen it until just recently, and it really is fun. It's kind of meandering or just like, <laughs> it's weird as shit, because Goblin does the soundtrack in part on this one. Right, And I love right. Goblin because of Suspiria, because Suspiria utilizes Goblin and the the fucking organs and the synth, and then the witch, 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 like, really fucking cool. Uh, so they're back in Deep Red. But they kind of just have the same little, it's almost like the same identical beat that's in, or chorus that's in uh, Suspiria. And it's just kind of like, 
never progresses to different music. It's sort of just like that same little hook that they just keep playing throughout the film in weird moments. And then other moments where it's just like, they're just like doing weird shit on the fucking keys. It just doesn't, this is just sounds right now. This isn't as musical or anything like fucking weird. Uh, but it was, it was fine. It was mostly like the heavy whodunit mystery type thing. The plot doesn't really make sense. Uh, and, but, but you get to see a ton of deaths. A lot of people die. And by the end, the end, the, the culmination scene is actually really fun and neat with the, with the death they do there. It's 75 and they do something pretty graphic by the end with the effects. And it's like, okay, you can kind of see like where it's boring for the most part, but then by the end, you're kind of like, yeah, that was kind of actually pretty cool and surprising. And if I consider the era, I bet this blew a lot of people's minds. So, um, but Suspiria will always hands down be my favorite Dario Argento movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the one that put him on the map at, anyway, um, and the one everybody kind of goes to. And I still haven't seen the uh, remake. I have not seen the remake either. Eh, Maybe worth a shot. If uh, if anyone's listening and you guys have, would you recommend the remake or not? I'd be interested. Um, just haven't done it. Okay, let's uh let's move on to Hatching. Directed by Hannah Bergholm. And uh this is her feature debut and she knocked it out of the park. I mean to have this be your first movie, holy shit. Well, it's wild. We ought to keep a running tally. There's been a lot of uh, first features that we've watched this year and some really amazing movies. Even ones that are just like, just fine, that it's like a good first shot. Just just great because it was your first movie, not necessarily great, right? But still good, you know? Right. Couple couple dog shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. World's Fair comes to mind. Yeah, Death Valley. (laughs) <laughs> all right okay. so yeah so, all right. so hannah bergholm uh, all right let me uh let's let's bring up the uh the tagline here a young gymnast who tries desperately to please her demanding mother discovers a strange egg she hides it and keeps it warm, but when it hatches, what emerges shocks them all. <sighs> you know, yeah, it could have been written just a, a repeat. Just, just been... a repeat. If you if you guys are still here and you haven't seen this one yet, please stop listening to us and go watch it. Yeah. Oh Fuck. yeah. Definitely. So yeah, that. I mean that 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 tag is a bit um. I'm not, it's uh, fine. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that shocks them all. Shocks them all line. It's a little. It's a little misleading. No. I don't. I don't. I don't well, think these synopsises should mislead the audience. Well, it's a weird thing. Like, how much do you want to bait someone to watch something, uh, and not give it away? Like, we've encountered this when we are recording our SPF 60s. Like, we want to describe how you might feel or what you might get into, without ruining what you're going to get into. Right. No, that's true. So it's a, it's a delicate balance. Um, they mentioned the egg, and so real quick before, before we start the the, the full on discussion, let's give the shout out to Gustav Hogan, uh, practical effects, 
on uh, Star Wars uh, Rogue One Solo and Ex Machina, as well as Hatching. Um, the, yeah. If you are a fan of practical effects, you should just watch Hatching for that. Besides oh, absolutely, that, yeah. a good movie. I mean, shit, I used to watch um, Face Off all the time on Sci-Fi. I love it. If And I don't even know if they still do it. I've gotten off of it because I don't have cable anymore, and I'm not going to go out of my way. Anyways, it was just all creature effects oh, and yeah, makeup yeah, and yeah. stuff. And so, like, in the challenges and the shit these artists would come up with were absolutely fucking awesome. There's obviously dog shit ones, uh, but some of them are amazingly beautiful or breathtaking or creative and weird. And so, yeah. Practical effects have to continue, and, and shit like this shows you just how awesome and how much more weight and, like, uh, importance or, like, ick can come, like, visceral response can come from having that be on screen versus having that be rendered in a computer. Oh, yeah. Um, like, we haven't gotten to it yet, but the the bird creature is... Oh, oh my God! Yeah, it's I mean, so you're, good. It's yeah, so it's good. it's its evolution is also uh, the transformation. It's very bizarre and very satisfying to watch happen because you kind of know what to expect, but each time you see a glimpse, you're like disturbed and enjoy it. Okay. So, do you can uh, would you consider this almost like a body horror then? Yeah, I think I think this falls in the category of body horror. Um, yeah, not, a little bit, know, right? Not not quite creature feature. There's, uh, right. I'm pretty sure there are no de- uh, casualties. Well, you mean like that you would see? I mean, there's there's the friend. She, uh, does, I don't think she dies. She ends up in the hospital. Oh, does they, is they, that they, right? They, they yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, okay. There's, there's only one death, and it's at the very end of the movie, right? Okay. Sure. Well, as far as human death, um, yeah. there are animals that yeah. that yeah. meet their demise. That's true. All right. So let's let's paint a picture. You in the description, you got the demanding mother. So the demanding mother is also um, not quite a, a accurate depiction. Are, are you how, are you are you sick of this trope yet? Of how crazy she is. And she's, Are you yes. sick of the trope? The yeah. Trope, the, the trope. The social the, media. Uh, social media mogul main character. Influencer. Influencer character. She is. Um, so she paints the perfect family life mm-hmm. for her vlog. Um, she dresses. Yeah. She dresses everyone so that they all match nicely. She does constant photo and video shoots with the family. Um, <clears throat> The, records every important record. moment. She's recording it so that she can post it on the thing, and she has a complete detachment from that and what it actually is doing to her family. And obviously, she like she's already kind of separated herself. Like this is having this family is actually a job for her, and right. she's gonna live her real life elsewhere. Yeah, this isn't her real life. This is an act. Right. Uh, and I will use them as employees almost. And like, it's fucked up. Like I don't, in any other time that we've seen this happen in a movie, uh, or them utilize this device, uh, this one executed it perfectly. That, that, that yeah. her, her character is extremely well thought out and 
yeah, yeah these are kind of one note things but like the way that in depth that they describe it and show that separation and her detachment as a human being from what she's doing and everything else uh, was really awesome. Uh, well done, well executed. Oh yeah, she's you know uh, we mentioned uh, her daughter Tina, who's the protagonist. Um, she is a gymnast. Uh, the mother just pushes and pushes and pushes to the point of injury uh, mm-hmm. to the child. Uh, to to there, she hasn't won a spot in the competition yet. So she has to win the yeah. spot, and then she has to win you know win the competition. So it's like a really big um you know the the main you know plot that she has to go through um well, i would call it the b plot because uh, the a plot of course is the egg right yeah i mean the whole idea is like this family is already on edge there's it's already kind of falling apart and uncomfortable things are already occurring and tinya's journey sort of has these two paths or these two lives that she's living throughout the whole film. And I think that constant tension between the two and how they're going to finally intersect or weave together. And when they do, um, I love that suspense and that's built through that. Cause you know, it's like it's like in any other movie where the main character finds this thing that they have to keep secret from everyone else that they know in their life. Like that's been done, but that's a fun play because it's like you got to keep it away and you can't let someone see, and it causes like a lot of, you know, yeah. what would you do or how would you hide this? It's it's a really fun, you know, it's it's gizmo. <laughs> you right, know, it's it's, right. it's cool. Don't feed it after midnight. Uh, so there's a moment where the mother's doing a perfect video and a, a crow uh, or a raven um, breaks through the window and they uh, she ends up killing it. Um, it breaks the fuck out of their yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, it breaks crow, everything, yeah. Like every goddamn piece of crystal or glass or chandelier, table, vase, like it's just like this crow knows what the fuck it's doing and it's destroying all of her expensive stuff. And uh, Tina catches it in a in like a tablecloth or something, and doesn't really know what to do. So she like hands it off to the mom, and the mom just snaps its neck right in in the thing, and then she hands it back to her and it's like, "Go throw this out." Yeah, get rid of this. And with like <laughs> zero remorse, like total sociopath, and the daughter's like, "You just killed this bird." Why? why yeah, why no, I was taught. Still on the mother's side with doing that to the bird. I oh, feel no, like no, she no. should have. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know, but I, <laughs> she should have probably done it away from Tina. Like I was definitely like, oh, this fucking bird is gonna die. Oh, it just yeah, broke. yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> this is five thousand fucking dollars of shit that it just busted. You bet your goddamn ass it's gonna get killed. Uh, but yeah, she could have been a little bit more sincere about yeah. hiding that from the daughter because clearly the daughter had already like started to show uh, attachment to it. Like just like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Like. Yeah, just like take her yeah. away. But no, she's just. But she's cold-hearted, and it drives that point home. Right. She is no nonsense. Fuck this thing. Yeah. It's interrupted my life. Right. It needs to go away. So I think we then we get uh, we might get some training, and then she she goes out to the dump the the garbage can, and the and it's not there. Mm-hmm. And, and for whatever reason, she gets pulled into the woods. She gets drawn into the forest. Um, and then there's a sound, and she finds this raven, 
or crow, whatever, um, it's like it's dying, it's not dead, and it's making that sound. Um, so she kills it, right? She puts it out of its misery. But, <coughs> yeah, but, I think she takes a rock uh, and she yeah. keeps smashing at it, yeah. But she says the same thing that um, that the mom said to her, right? She, like, repeats a line there. It's oh, as far like as one of those moments care of it. where it's like, it's like putting it out of its misery or something. Right, right. Because right. um, I think that's what the dad said to uh, to her after the I can't recall exactly, but there's a, there's a chance that you might be confusing it for Firestarter. It's possible. It's <laughs> very possible. Because I'm, like, thinking about that scene. Like, okay, she's trying to immolate that cat. But she didn't finish the job. And so she killed it. Wait, no, there's a bird. Two so she's birds. smashing so, it. So she does. So... Kill, she definitely kills the bird. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I'm just saying. And then, like, right next to it is uh, is this is a nest with an egg. So she brings the egg home and starts to mm-hmm. take care of it. She puts it under her pillow and. And this um, is a an egg-sized egg. Yeah. It's a normal egg. It's a normal egg. So we go through um, lots of just gymnast training and the mom being crazy. And the egg's getting bigger, and uh, some more gym training, and the mom being crazy, and the egg is now very large, extremely large. And okay, so there's a there's a fight that <clears throat> sends her to the to bed crying, right? Or is it? Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It right, doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't, doesn't because, matter. Because, because, but you're getting to the point. Like it, it's the the drama and the tension of her continually not being able to perform for her mother, but right. still wanting to perform wanting for her perform. mother. Yeah. Uh, okay. And it's like you said, because you know the thing that was really cool for me is um, the way that you've described the relationship that she has with the egg. And right. how she's longing for that with her mother. I think that that's an excellent um, right. observation that you made. Right. Okay. So, so r- real quick for the for the the sci-fi ofness of it, uh, when the egg was like half size, she ha- she had like blood all over her hands for some reason. Oh yeah. Um, she touched the egg and it absorbed her, the blood through the egg, and then. Um, so the mother is dating this guy, and she just like tells Tina about it, and that she she tells Tina that she's in love for the first time, and like you see Tina's face, like what? yeah, like what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? You, you don't love dad, you don't love me, you don't love right. our family. Like you're destroying our family, and you're happy about it. And she's doing this with like total like she expects Tina to be happy for her, like they're friends. Um. Yeah, that, and that's like I said earlier, like this actress who plays the mother, uh, and it's going to kill me because I just saw this woman in another film that I watched with my wife, and I she can't recall terrible. what it was. Um, but anyway, like she's perfect in this role. She is so fucking detached. Uh, and like you said, this other boyfriend, like that's her real life. Right. Uh, and this is a job. She is complete separation from Tina, from the husband, from yep. her son. And probably because the son is a goddamn replica of the father and who she already despises. Right. And it's like, it's so sad because Tina is obviously wants nothing but the love of her mother. 
Right. And and the <laughs> the respect or the acknowledgement, see me. Um, and yeah, she's describing it, and so yeah, she touches the egg, and uh, well, so I think she, I think she, this is where she comes back to the room, and she's crying, and she cries right. on the egg. It absorbs her tears, and then it cracks. Mm-hmm. And here's where the movie starts. <laughs> this bird creature. It, I mean, it's it's impossible to describe how fucking cool this thing is. Um, you have to see the movie. Go see the movie. Um, it's it's wild. It's wild. It's so wild. Like I really was questioning. Like, there's no way it's a puppet. Like this thing looks fucking like wild. Like hey, you can't make this. How do you make this? This is this is like is a CG. Come on, it has to be. And like I'm like and it, but it's practical. It's all animatronic. It's insane. Yeah, just think like if Gollum was a was a puppet, uh, you know, part yeah. human, part human, part bird. There's bird like, like there's Gollum. Like, there's like hair stretched out, and it's like patches, but then there's like feathers here, and then there's patches of skin. One arm is like really tiny and shriveled. The other arm is huge and looks like it could take your head off with one swing. So it's got a very like Igor kind of monster esque uh, look to it. Uh, just a just a a be- beautiful piece of of art. Uh, yeah. From Gustav Hogan. Um, and then we get to see some of my favorite things that I never knew I wanted to see. Um, <laughs> okay, so. She's hiding this creature in her room. How do you think she feeds it? Because <laughs> when she started to feed it, I was like, oh, my God. Duh. <laughs> well, so, yeah, but she because like, she discovers it by accident, right? Cause, you're right, because she pukes. Yeah. Yeah, cause yeah. she pukes because it's gross. <laughs> she pukes because it's gross, and then it starts to lap up her vomit. Yeah. Now, so now she she has this big bowl that she like pukes in, and then she gives it the the bowl to the creature, and the creature mm-hmm. eats the eats the food out of the bowl. It was so <laughs> it was so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, I mean, there was no CG here. The puke was gross. The yeah. the, the fluids, all the fluids were gross. Everything was super super gross and amazing. That's that's why you see this. You go see this movie. Yeah, I can't recall. I think she originally throws up. Uh, I think she might throw up because uh, it, it could bring the neighbor's dog back. I, I think Is that it what brought, happened? It brought her a creature. Yeah, it brought her yeah, a dead br- animal of some kind to to, sh- to be like, love, right. love, love me. I did this for you. Right. Um, which is cool. Okay, so, so now we have um, a couple things going on here. First of all, this uh, the creature protecting its owner is not new, right? We've seen mm-hmm. it we've seen it before in regular horror, we've seen it before in horror comedy. It's got like a bad Milo kind of vibe. Um if you saw that uh, Ken Marino <laughs> vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and we have okay, so she's puking all the time to feed this thing and she's like a 12-year-old girl um and she's a gymnast, so she's already super thin and frail, and she's she's doing gymnastics like all the time. She's always doing push-ups and crunches in her bedroom, like her, her constant training. Um, in passing, 
someone makes a comment that it looks like she's losing weight. And then it never gets brought up again. I thought this was important. Yeah. Um, because of because of dis, you know body dysmorphia and eating right. disorders, bulimia specifically being such a huge thing amongst young women, and how it is literally just like how how losing weight has such a like positive uh, connotation attached to it that it is never investigated, even in a 12-year-old girl who's already super thin. Right. Looks like, oh, it looks like you're losing weight. Never mentioned again for the rest of the movie. Uh, now, why is she bulimic? Because she's feeding a bird monster. Right. But, but... No one else knows that. <laughs> no one wants to know why right. this child is losing yeah. weight. And, yeah. and that's a red flag, as far as I'm concerned. So I thought that was very subtle, but also yeah, that's that's some nice a good point. commentary, um, right? Because you know, it's a little thing uh, that other films would handle uh, much more um, overtly and like on the nose, <laughs> and it would be not yeah. as impactful. No, exactly, exactly. I mean, you just come right out and have a conversation about it. You're like, oh, you what, you know, stop shoving your opinion down my right. throat. You just like you do you do it like that, and it's like, oh wow, that was. That really made me think. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be making me think about the art. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. The other thing we have going on here is, or two more things. We have the father reveals to Tina that he knows about the boyfriend and that he thinks he's kind of a nice guy. So now Tina is getting it from both sides. Like, She's got this like wet blanket of a dad. <laughs> yeah, just a data type thing. But also, it's—I don't know if he works. I don't know his whole. He must work, but like whatever he does isn't really addressed. And he's like—I think he's just like accepted the fact that like he was lucky that he got this woman to be his wife, and now she wants to go do whatever, and he gets to live this life. He's got his son that's just like him. He's got her. And he's content, and so he's like, yeah, she needs more in life, and I can't give it to her, so that's fine. He's cool. Right. Like, it sucks for Tina. I mean, I guess I, and you feel bad for him, but he seems that he's made his peace for the most part, even though it will be a depressing experience, he's accepted it. I think I felt bad for him until that conversation. When that conversation happened, I just felt even worse for Tina as her... Like, right, because like, she's even more isolated and more. Yeah, she she has no. She has no, no one's ally. going to fix this situation for right. her. She has no ally, but this bird. Right. Yeah, um, it's the only thing she has. Yeah, to to help care for. Uh, yeah. And like you had said, you had mentioned this to me that it's like the relationship that she's developing with the bird is what she wishes her mother would be would providing her. her. Right. So I thought that whenever you pointed that out and you the way that you had said that, like. It's it's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. what's going on. Right, right, exactly. So she's caring for the bird the way she wants the mom care, to care for her. So what happens? The bird, all right, the neighbor, the neighbor's daughter is a friend of hers now, acquaintance friend, and is competing directly. This is the third thing on that list. Competing directly for that spot, um, and she has a dog. So when at first... When she meets the dog, the dog growls at her, and so now the bird creature kills the dog. Now we have this fight 
uh, where Tina is going to lose the spot to the girl. So the bird goes and almost kills the girl. She ends up in the hospital. Um, then the mom is like, hey, Tina, let's go to my boyfriend's house for the weekend. You'll get to meet his daughter. She's lovely. She's everything that I always wanted in a child. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you're like, I, all I wanted from this movie was for that the mom to die. Yeah, <laughs> for uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, she makes, she's, you know, the, every now and then you come across characters or actors that are so good at playing the bad guy that oh, yeah. you just hate them so fucking much. So fucking much. Yeah, I like, yeah, the, so the protagonist is Tina, the antagonist is the mother, the the bird creature is is just there. She, it's a, The bird creature is a plot device. Um Anyway, we get to the we get to the boyfriend's house and you know, she's like motherly to this to this baby and, yeah. and she's bossy to the boyfriend just like she is to the father, but the this boyfriend has more of a backbone and has and like has his own life. Mhm. Um, you know, he's not fully like absorbed by her. Right, and he's a he's a widower. The child's mother, I think, died during birth, or during died, died after. Yeah. yeah. And so he's raising the the baby. It's his baby, and now the mother is there to be the surrogate mother and the wife for him because she's really into him, and he's a bit younger. Yep. Uh, sort of like a studly type carpenter guy that's redoing his home. This right. beautiful like Victorian esque type house that he's just doing all the work on and so it's a really cool location uh for more shit to happen oh yeah um so we have a a scene where the bird comes to oh he, she names the bird uh Ayi, right ali oh, uh, ali ali yeah yeah and um so the bird comes and tries to kill the baby i believe because um, they 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 do show some kind of psychic link between her and the bird, and because of how yeah, and I think the first time the psychic link happens is is whenever um, it's after that meet where the friend is walking home, right, and she's riding with her mother in the car, and she starts pleading with the mother to turn back. She has the mental vision of what the bird is seeing, Ollie's seeing, and she sees the road and the friend, and Ollie's getting closer. And that's where they solidify that there is this bond that they have. And so, yeah, this happens now that she's at the house of the boyfriend, that she sees the assault, potential assault on the, the little baby happening, right. and she wants to prevent that. Right, and she does. Um, mm -hmm. Right, and and Ali kind of listens to her, um, but doesn't want to listen to her. Like she, I think she's. This is where we get that first screech, and also um, the bird creature now definitely has the makings of Tina's face. Yeah. Uh, at this at this point. Yeah, um, it was always going through sort of a molting type yeah. evolution looking a little bit different each time, like more flesh covering the bone of the bird beak type thing, but still seeing weirdness. 
and now there's less bird features and more human-esque type features encroaching like human skin looking type stuff happening yeah and and you can definitely see like she's got tina's eyes like that yeah those have all closed now yeah um so i think we're coming up on the on the climax here um the the i think the husband not the husband the boyfriend sees ollie right well uh or, or thinks, yes yeah and, and yeah he thinks it's tina thinks it's tina trying to kill the right. kid <laughs> so he like he, he throws him out gets a get out of there um which she i think the mom blames on tina Right, because it was Tina's fault, and he said, no, I don't want her there, because yeah. he sees the creature oh, right. jump off the, the window or disappear, because he scares her off, because um, yeah, like, it looks he, like Tina, yeah. He says, says, like, she's fucked up, or, like, I don't want these problems. I don't yeah, these meanwhile, Tina was in the car with the mother at the, one of the meets, probably, or some other bullshit, right, and so, like, they right. show up, and he's like, get her the fuck out, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So what's the next one? Where it, I think she, does it try to kill the brother? I think it tries to kill the little brother, or the little brother tells on her about the, about Ali, and then we get the the big finish in the bedroom. Yeah, I think that more or less it's a reveal where now they uh, they really soon here they all have to like work together to take care of things. Yeah. Um. So someone hasn't. I think the the mother has the knife. I'm t- uh, the yeah. Yes, the mother has the knife, right? Right. Yeah. And does she go to kill Ollie and Tina gets in the way, or does she just accidentally stab Tina? I can't quite remember. I think she. It, I think that that's right. I think that she accidentally uh, dispatches her. Yeah. She. So she stabs Tina. Tina falls down and. And is bleeding and we don't know if she's going to die if she's going to survive this wound um but we now see ollie standing over her and ollie is fully tina like besides the fact that she has like bird mannerisms she looks completely like tina and um and tina dies here and and the mom is like uh, horrified and also like sad for the first time in the movie shows maybe remorse for her actions of accidentally stabbing her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, she's got tears in her face, but also horror at this creature who just kind of uh, squawk, does that squawk scream at her. And, um, and that's it. And well, I mean, it says uh, like mother almost. Oh, it's, right. It's, oh, it says something. That's right. Right. So, right. Because like it, so it's that final battle. Like I think, um, it gets stabbed in the leg and Tina feels it. Right. right and you right, notice right. that, you notice the connection because the pain happens between the two. I think they iterated, re- uh, they mentioned that earlier too. And then, yeah, Tina blocks the, and gets stabbed. And then it's like, that's when the evolution becomes complete with Ollie and Tina. I think like the blood is going into, uh, to Ollie's mouth or something like that. And it's like maybe that was like the the final conclusion of her transformation right, into right, Tanya. Right, right. Uh, yeah, consuming yeah, that. yeah. I think that does happen. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, then it's like it's now it's 
it's her. And it's a perfect conclusion because you're like, well, this should be fine for the mother. Everything is back to normal. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so the ending is, is, is hard to take because the only person in the movie who died is the is Tinya. Tinya who yeah. who the only character in the entire movie who just wants to feel love and, and right. to be loved and to love something. Uh she even cares for Ali all the way to the end. She even protects Ali from the mother uh during mm-hmm. the during the big fight scene at the end uh or little fight scene it's, it, it is it did end pretty quickly um, right yeah she's so, the, so, it's a tra- it's a tragedy you know yeah it's, yeah uh, the, the least deserving character mm-hmm. um is the one is the one who dies but also like that is that's the story is like her mother was killing her yeah uh and then she, her mother did kill her like it was an accident and maybe she, like that look on her face of sadness, um, is is that moment of clarity she has when it's too late. Mm-hmm. And then, she, and what she's left with is this monster, this monster that, in in a metaphorical sense, she created, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, like that. I mean, I feel like like that is the story, right? Um, yeah, I mean. All of the ideas and things that it's discussing or commenting on, it's all pretty, you know, it's not the most difficult to interpret or to draw to these conclusions, but because of the execution of it, it's... No, it's um, it feels like a fairy tale. Like, yes. uh, like yeah. A, like, it, a, a, like a classic fairy tale, like a Brothers Grimm mm-hmm. with, the, with the shitty ending and everything fairy tale right like yeah it's like, like a more approachable fun version of lamb you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay <laughs> like yeah like you know war- be careful with nature and you know work your shit out with things like you know right you'll right. reap what you sow type stuff will happen and right yeah well yeah because the other you know the other hand is that nobody ever confronts the mother about her her horribleness mm-hmm. uh throughout the entire film now it's not the child's job nor how hard um is it for you know a 12 year old to be like hey my you kind of suck um yeah it's obviously not her job like it's the father character's job no yeah of course yeah she's still too young to really have that agency to know that she should expect more from her mother she might feel it but she doesn't know how to communicate that and to vocally advocate for herself Right, to have right, a right. better parenting situation. You know, that doesn't happen for at least a couple of years. And so, yeah, it's it's a really sad story, uh, so beautifully told, where yeah. it is just heart-wrenching, um, but enjoyably sick uh, throughout yeah. with this, this bird creature that doesn't make any sense, but works in this to- setting. Totally works. For whatever reason. Completely, yeah. completely works. I you know like and it's also like it's a ch- it's like a changeling right and the changelings are, mm-hmm. are 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 things that are in folklore and and folk stories and and the you know the fact that it was a bird i don't know i'm sure you could draw some meaning there mm-hmm. um but you know when it comes down to the how well, exactly what you said beautifully told is the only way uh to describe it uh the the movie was was excellent um, maybe because it was subtitled, 
you know, all the performances were phenomenal. Uh, this little girl who plays Tina was was mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, the mother was amazing. Um, you know, everybody else did their job. Uh, the once again the practical effects. Uh, yeah, this monster, the vomit. <laughs> It it was disgusting. It was disgusting to to watch some scenes, and I was loving it. And that is the good kind of disgusting that you want from. I believe they call this uh, a folk horror movie. Right. Yeah, it's these kind of things have to get made. It's unfortunate because like you know it's just it's not going to make the money back. Um, oh yeah box office wise like it, it i have seen midnight's distributing it um it was in some theaters but obviously it's not going to be in a lot of the theaters that are closer to us and so trying to find ways through streaming to to act to acquire it is the only way that you can really do it it was just in sundance you know uh this past year and it's just frustrating that these kind of films don't get more attention and that they kind of just like they fizzle out They're like we'll remember it and it was obviously important but i just i really hope that somehow the people that were a part of it continue on and do get more opportunities to create work because this is fantastic for all of the things that it is it does all of them very very well uh it might not be your thing but you can't fault the movie for being bad in any sense of the word with what it was attempting to do you might not be into the story you might think that's a dumb idea or think it's stupid or not get into it uh, because you don't like horror you don't like this or that but like because i think you said you saw it with your with your mother and she was like what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah i watched it with my mother and, and uh my fiance and um at the end of the movie um my mother was like well that was horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's just not going to land with certain people it's just yeah. that's the nature of of the shit that we watch but like there's was, always genre enthusiasts that it, fucking get it. It was fun to watch her squirm though. Like well, yeah, 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 yeah. There, like there's there are scenes that are so disgusting that you will squirm in your seat, and that's the good that's the good shit right there. Yeah, man. Um, it's um, it was awesome. It was like yeah, beautiful. So glad that we finally got a chance to to watch it and to talk about it together. Uh, it's like one of the fun ones, you know. Yeah. Just, cool story beautifully told sweet ass animatronics like all the shit that like you know got us into horror growing up seeing just like the bird is so good like i'm telling i'm telling the viewers right now the first version of the bird is good the second version of the bird when it gets the beak is so fucking awesome like i wish it could have been the second version longer (laughs) it would be sweet i should uh i might have to try to make some artwork with that fucking bird because it was awesome just like a giant fucking painting of that bird or that bird on a tee oh yeah just like just like the ada tee you know people know no this one could be i don't think this is that has much this isn't a24 you know so it's not gonna have right so it's not gonna have eyes because of it so so we'll see uh i would love to make it just to happen for myself but man really great so hatching yeah, hatching. I rested at a uh, seven out of ten is what my rating was for hatching. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Uh, it's it's not gonna make my top five, 
but it's going to be right. it's going to be an honorable mention. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like whenever we talk about, by the time we get to year end and we get to our top five, it's not always films that just have the best score. Like you know, like we've done before. Like at least for me, and there's other criteria where I want might want to include a certain film that maybe I'll include a six at the end of the year. I don't really know yeah, because it on... it's like what you want to have on that list to have like the have it be seen. Well, we still have such a big year ahead of us. Uh, I know, it's insane. Like Nope, uh, The Black Phone, uh, Evil Dead Rise, which we didn't even know was coming this year until a couple weeks ago. We're going to uh, get that the Stranger Things just came back out and we're going to be getting David Harbour in Violent Night by the end of the year. I don't like, even know what that is. You, yes, you is. fucking do. You're yes. the... It's the goddamn Hooper, Hooper or Hopper. Yeah, Hopper. Hopper. Yeah, I like Hopper. He's a great guy. You're great the actor. one. We you're the one that re-brought up Violent Night a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. You don't fucking remember that? Maybe. Jesus Christ. Let me look it up. Yeah, yeah. You remember? You're like, oh yeah, it's just a Christmas movie with David oh, Harbour. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this one now. Play on the Silent Night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, oh, shit. What was Santa I just Claus. looking up? It's got John Leguizamo and Beverly D'Angelo in it. Is he in Spawn makeup? Oh, the clown. <laughs> all right so you know speaking of effects and everything i will say i just watched the shape of water oh you know i've never seen that yeah i think we had mentioned it i can't remember why we had mentioned it uh but it came up a little while ago and so i'm going through and yeah it won all kinds of fucking awards back then and let me tell you something dude i don't fucking know why It well, was yeah. fine. Yeah. It was yeah. fine, but Del Toro slaps his name on something, man. Everybody puckers up. Like, yeah, best director, best original score. The music was good. Yeah, the music was good. It was classical music, so it's like, yeah, of course it's good. It's like the fucking pianist, you know. It, it's gonna have <laughs> classical music that's driving the stuff, and it's kind of like you get emotional, and you're like, get into it, and yeah. But yeah, it, what the fuck? It was fine. It was best picture, best production uh, at the Academy Awards, right? At the Academy Awards, best picture, best director, best production, best score, and then at the Golden Globes, best director, best score. Fucking crazy. I mean, good for Guillermo, but it yeah. was nothing. It was nothing special. I think six. I would rate that. Okay. Six Gilman you... out of ten. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up. Uh... Uh, effects. Um, yeah, I had some free time the other day, which does not happen often, and I put on Shutter and I put on Creep Show season one. Every yeah. episode is about fifteen minutes long, but it's two stories, and they use the old Creep Show comic book effects to uh, to go like panel to panel sometimes for scene transitions. Yeah, and they actually did a werewolf transformation in comic book uh, turning pages, which I thought was cool. That's cool. Um, and it's been all practical so far, and I'm like four episodes in, so I've watched eight stories. Uh, the first story was crazy good, um, especially uh, the, well, one the story itself, and two the uh, the guest stars. There are some very surprising guest stars 
in uh, Creepshow. I don't know. It says it's a Shutter original, so if Shutter is producing it, like they're they're throwing some money at this thing. Um, I would say the stories so far, you know, they're not very scary because um, you don't have a, right. they don't have a lot. They don't have a lot of time, but they're at least like interesting and mm-hmm. like and fun and like they are. They remind me of Tales from the Crypt on HBO when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, just you know, just new. Um, you know, and, and with no crypt crypt keeper, they just have this uh, that one kind of zombie ghoul type character that's always there and doesn't really talk right. as the as the transition guy. Um, so yeah, so I would say, uh, you know, especially if you're into practical effects and you haven't seen Creep Show, definitely give it a shot. Um, I I'm gonna watch it all after after just those first first few episodes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, so to recap, just a couple other recent watches, uh, non-related, that we will not be discussing on here. I did see uh, the new Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Sweet, sweet. I I had the kids over the weekend, and I'm like, guys, we're going to do it fucking, uh, we're going to, I didn't say fucking, I said we'll watch <laughs> Chip, Chippendales on Saturday night, because I set up the projector and let them do a drive-in type thing. Oh, and it was cool. it was good. It was fun. Uh, John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are really funny. It was really well written for adults. It's a mostly adult movie, really. Oh, okay. I mean, it's it's kids. It's just bizarre. Like the it's, kids just don't it's, get it. It's a multiverse movie, Nate. Multiverse Chip and Dale. It's a multiverse movie. Yeah, like so. Like they Donald Duck shows up. It's a Disney, right? Every single possible IP is in this movie, pretty really? much, and they completely. Uh, ruin IPs. They have the money and the ability to make fun of things that they shouldn't be making fun of. Uh, there's Ugly Sonic is in this. Oh, Ugly Sonic. The, the yeah. one the internet deleted. <laughs> yeah, and his character is called Ugly Sonic and it's just it's hilarious. It's bizarre, dude. It, okay. There's no way to really understand it. You just have to see it. It's it's fun. It's worth your time. Okay. Uh, it's there's still you know kids story involved, but <laughs> right, right. The ugly okay. Sonic stuff is great. There's a scene where he's uh talking to them, and he's like he's like, "Ow, you guys bit my tongue with these human teeth." <laughs> Because, you know, that was, like, one of the, the, the big, critiques. Yeah, yeah. He's got these weird fucking human teeth. Like, why? It's Sonic the Hedgehog. He's a cartoon. He's not a person. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that was great. I recommend it. I rewatched Very Monster good. Squad with the kids. Oh, uh, love Monster Squad. Watch Jackass 4.5. That Wolfman's was fun. Wolfman's got nards. Wolfman does got nards. Oh, and then, so then I taught I taught the kids uh, how to play ladder ball. I got, like, this little cheap thing of ladder ball. Okay. You know the game ladder ball, right? No, I don't. It's like three rungs of PVC, and you throw these like bolos. It's just a string with two golf balls, weighted type objects on the end of them, and you like kind of like try to wrap them onto the bar, and it's worth one point, two point, or three points. Okay. Kind of like like in Hogan's Alley, whenever you're shooting the cans to get it on a different shelf, you get more points at the lower shelf. Sure. Nintendo, whatever. Yeah. I was telling them the Wolfman's got nards. They're like, "What are these things?" And I was like, "They're like balls, you know, like, like nards." Like, and they got it. They had, they had fun because it looks like a pair of nuts, you know, yeah, these yeah, things yeah. when they're hanging. Right, it's funny. Right. They're like nards. What? Because when that scene happened, they're like, they're like "What's nards?" <laughs> it was great. Uh, and then, so the only other one is uh, Duel. I mentioned this to you. Oh, you did watch Duel. Right. Riley Stern's Duel. Uh, D U A L. Duel. 
was excellent. Okay. I, yeah. I want to watch it. Uh, I have it, actually. Um, I did watch uh, a movie, um, which I don't, once again, really have a lot of free time, but I watched uh, A Happy Event. It's a 2011 French uh, comedy drama about a couple that decides to have a baby, and it was at moments laugh out loud funny, and at other moments very uh, touching and like made you like really think and consider like your own life and if you're gonna have kids, the kids are right for you. It's a, if you already have kids, I don't know. You know, it's more probably more nostalgic if you have already if you already have kids. Um, What's it called? A happy what? A happy event is the English. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, Uh, definitely worth it. It's only a dollar ninety nine to rent HD on Amazon Prime. Um, uh, you know, for two bucks. Interesting. It was a great movie. Uh, I I love French uh, films. I will watch them any chance I get. So this is uh, this is a great one. Cool. All right, so um, what's on the docket for next week? On the docket for next week, um, I think we are going to do men, yeah? I am excited um, because you mentioned um, your mother squirming during... uh, Yes, during... during, And so so I'm excited to to watch (laughs) men. Okay, all right. and then we have two choices for the other movie. We have uh, Ooh, we have mon- we have Monstrous, which um, begins I, with an M, makes it, a good thing. M and M's, M and M invent. It's a uh, Christina Ricci, sorry, uh, and it is a uh, story centers on a traumatized woman fleeing from her abusive ex-husband with her seven-year-old son in their new remote sanctuary. They find they have a bigger, more terrifying monster to deal with. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't even. This wasn't even uh-huh. on my radar, and it just kind of showed up out of nowhere. I like Shinrichi. I don't know. Uh, and uh-huh. we have we also have Mad God, the Phil Tippett, ninety-minute stop animation epic. Uh, it's coming to theaters June tenth. Finally, uh, this had a um a release in twenty twenty one on the uh you know the indie circuit. Uh, if you don't know Phil Tippett, he is the genius behind Jurassic Park, award-winning. Uh, and this film, Mad God, is 30 years in the making. He's been shooting this film because it is 100% stop frame. Um, I watched the trailer for it, and, yeah, I mean, it, the trailer melts your face off. It's that good. It looks batshit, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think it's hands down we're doing right. Mad, so I think Mad we'll God do and Men. Mad God. <laughs> for it's still week. an M and M. Still an M and M. M and M and M. Phil Tippett also did one other uh, big thing. I can't remember what it was. I'm gonna look it up before we go. Jurassic Park, and he had another huge one. Oh my God, he's done everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did the entire Twilight Saga, all the Rocking, robo- all uh, the RoboCops. Starship Troopers and RoboCop. Star God Wars. Damn. He, he did the original Star Wars and Empire and Return of the Jedi. That was the Willow. Other thing. So original Star Wars trilogy and Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. And this is his feature film. Uh, that is awesome. 
But yeah, so next week, Men and Mad God, episode 24. Um, this is going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. This and, is going to be so good. And just so anybody knows, we are coming to the close of season one. Of yes, the podcast. R- rapidly approaching. We will be taking a, a, a short break uh, over the summer, and when we come back, we'll be in season two. And hopefully I'll have a lot of new content. Uh, you met, uh, Rodney mentioned our SPF 60s earlier. We'll be producing a bunch of those. And what those are 60-second spoiler-free reviews of the films we do in our podcast. So you can um, you know, get the gist, go check out the movie, and then come back to watch the conversation. Also, Dude, I'm pumped for next yeah. week. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm pumped for next week. I'm also pumped for the website, um, which... This shirt will be for sale on the website um, as uh, Rodney designs these shirts. So we'll have our, our T-shirt store up as well as um, I've, I've started doing um, audio book reading. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to have more of those as well. So look, you know, after the break, we'll have a whole bunch of new content for you guys um, once the website goes live. Um, so we're all pretty excited about that. Oh, for sure. All right. It's going to be good times, man. All right. I gave Dark Glasses a two. Yeah, and I had rated it a three. I gave Hatching an eight. And I gave Hatching a seven. And so. Oh, oh, is it? Go, oh, no, I was going to say, so, <laughs> so, yeah, definitely watch Hatching uh, and yeah, maybe avoid Dark Glasses unless you're into Jalo and want to see an Argento movie. Yes, I believe that is the that is definitely the gist of the episode. For episode 23 of the podcast for the recently deceased, I am Nate Roberts. And I'm Rodney Godek. Take care. And we'll see you next week.